Welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs. I'm Jonathan Friedman. Our next guest in the studio, Tom McNulty of Lando and Anastasi. Great to have you on. Oh, it's always, uh, always a pleasure to be here. Good stuff, Tom. Today you wanted to talk about something a little bit different um, within the patent realm, uh, design patents. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. When people think about patents, you know, they usually think about um, sort of your traditional how something works, how something's made, um, you know, covering the, the underlying technology kind of a patent. That's called the utility patent. Um, you know, and those are great to have. I certainly would encourage people who, uh, who are inventing things to try to get utility patents. But there's a second kind of patent that's kind of the forgotten, uh, uh, you know, the redheaded stepchild in the patent world, I guess. And that's, uh, that's the design patent. Um, uh, design patents cover uh, the visual appearance of something. <clears throat> so the visual appearance, the ornamental characteristics uh, of whatever product you happen to be selling. <clears throat> um, so curious, there, curious question, Tom, is, um, is it somewhat uh, less uh, demanding to, to uh, achieve a design patent than a utility patent? Um, that's kind of a yes and no answer. I mean, strictly speaking, design patents go through the same examination process as utility patents, and you have to be novel and non-obvious and, and things like that. Um, but practically speaking, uh, they tend to be a fair amount cheaper to get because um, the claim in a, in a design patent is just a drawing of the design. Um, you know, there's not a there's not a big written section. There's not a lot of back and forth about the meaning of you know term X or term Y. Um, so they tend to, they tend to be a bit cheaper to get. They tend to get through the patent office, uh, a half decent amount quicker as well. Again, I think in part because they're underutilized, the office isn't quite so busy. And just curiously speaking, um, would it be uh, unusual or inappropriate to get a design patent uh, out of the gate on, on something? And then, um, is it, is it redundant to get a utility patent after the fact? <laughs> um, I think it's a good idea, you know, depending on what it is you're doing and what you're selling. I think it can be a great idea actually to get a design patent out of the gate. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of products are kind of sold um, somewhat on the basis of how they perform and how they function, but also on the appearance and on the style and, you know, characteristics like that. Uh, and that's the kind of thing that you can get design protection on quickly um, and, and preclude people from uh, from jumping in and uh, and, you know, making knockoffs. Um, one of the things uh, that is available in trademark law is trade dress protection, which also can cover the appearance and the packaging and things like that. But that uh, you can't get protection until you've obtained um, acquired distinctiveness is, is the technical term. Basically, until it's been in the market long enough for people to say that design is, is yours. Um, whereas with design patents, um, it can be effective immediately. You don't you know, you, well, immediately upon issuance, you, you don't have to be on the market yet. Um, you know, so it offers advantages over, <clears throat> excuse me, over trade dress protection. Um, and, and is that something that's typically, I mean, you know, in my mind, at least you'd think uh, of consumer products, but I guess it can be industrial products. Uh, does it have to always be a, I mean, this may be a silly question, but a, a tangible product uh, to have a design patent? I mean, as long as you can put something on paper, I guess. A so uh, I guess the question is a physical product of some Well, sort. I mean, the, the, the design that you're claiming has to be applied on some kind of a physical product, but it can be, I mean, you're right, consumer products are one of the big areas. Um, uh, you know, a lot of like the vape uh, pens now is kind of one of the areas of design patent kind of getting a lot of play. Uh, because it's, you know, the, the, that whole industry is still a little bit the wild, wild west. Um, 
athletic shoes, uh, shoe designs are a frequent, frequent source of uh, design patent protection. Um, because there's a lot that goes into, you know, if Nike makes a shoe with a certain kind of pattern, it's not necessarily something that offers technical advantages that would qualify for a utility patent, but they certainly don't want people knocking off the design. Uh, but it can apply to things like uh, graphic user interfaces. So if you've got uh, a particular, you know, configuration on an app, say, you can get a design patent on that configuration. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, you see them on things like sunglasses, tools, um, like I say, athletic shoes. Uh, you can actually get a design patent on your packaging as well. Um, so that's something that people could look at. Um, so, so help us in terms of the breadth of coverage of a design patent um, and a utility patent, uh, because I think, you know, as you start talking about consumer products and people are uh, entrepreneurs or developing their products, thinking about what that production might offer, it comes to mind when you mentioned sneakers or sunglasses, things of that nature. Um, it doesn't take too long to find a knockoff of any of those branded products uh, sold domestically, um, exactly. whether or not they are produced domestically is a whole other question. Um, <laughs> exactly. and that, that may be where it's getting under that, that loophole. Um, but it seems to me that, you know, companies, um, it's one thing to have uh, the patent. It's a whole other thing to defend that patent and to, uh, you know, issue cease and desist or whatever, what have you to prevent others from selling lookalike products. Um, yeah, understand. I understand what you're talking about. I mean, one of the advantages with uh, with design patent protection is if if uh, people are importing, you know, if you've got a claim on sunglasses and people are importing infringing sunglasses, you can go to the ITC and and try to ban their import. Um, so it gives you, you know, you can kind of cut it off at the source instead of having to go after every little mom and pop store that's that's selling the sunglasses. Um, so that's, you know, that's one of the advantages that having patent protection in general can get you is, is sort of availability uh, for ITC kind of claims. Um, I mean, that is a huge, uh, you know, industry, I guess, uh, across the board in terms of knockoffs. Um, you know, we know a lot of uh, manufacturers in the Far East don't seem to really care as long as somebody's paying them for you know, their product at the end of the day, what it looks like or what name it has on it. But it seems to me that it's just so rampant and probably one of the largest areas in infringement is consumer products. <laughs> exactly. Um, one of the things I do kind of want to point out is when you do a design patent, it doesn't have to be to the entirety of the product. It can be to um, certain characteristics. Um, and, and probably the most famous one right now, uh, Apple got a design patent on the iPhone that really covered basically the the sort of rounded uh, corner rectangle shape um, and and it didn't claim any of like the buttons and knobs and things like that it just kind of covered the shape and the and the existence of the screen and they actually went after Samsung on that patent and at one point they had obtained a um, for about a 400 million dollar judgment um, mm. that was uh, remanded on appeal on on the measure of damages issue and that's um, still floating around out there. I'm not exactly sure how that's gonna resolve itself, but the, but the, the, this is also one of the significant advantages of design patents. Uh, in utility patents, if you sue somebody, you're entitled to a reasonable royalty, <clears throat> you know, perhaps injunctive relief. Um, with design patents, um, you can still get the injunctive relief, but you're entitled to the defendant's profits. Um, hmm. And the issue in the Apple v. Samsung case is whether the profits should be on the entirety of the phone or just on the case. Um, that Samsung was purchasing or, or making themselves. I'm not really sure which way they did it. Um, so that's, that's sort of an issue that's still floating around is what constitutes the, the article of manufacture that you get the profits on. Um, 
but you know, one of the ways you can use this, there's a Ford case uh, fairly recently. Uh, Ford had a design patent on the configuration of the headlights for the F-150. And um, you know, people are entitled to make replacement headlights, but because of the design patent, they can't make the Ford F-150 design. They have to make it different. And that makes it much more difficult to, to sell aftermarket parts because you know, if one of your headlights, you have to get an accident, one of your headlights gets crumpled, you don't want to replace everything to have it match and you don't have a mismatching set. Right. Um, so, you know, so that was great protection for Ford uh, in that particular case. Um, but, so, so it's really fascinating because uh, on the one hand, um, you know, it, it should pr provide protection, but on the other hand, um, you know, because it's so rampant, I guess, you know, when, when you talk about Fortune 1000 companies, they've got the resources. Um, let's bring it down to the entrepreneur. You know, uh, I've got, a, I, I've got a, uh, a design and then, you know, one of the large uh, companies in the world, the multinational goes out and replicates or, or knocks off my, my design. And I imagine that happens as well. Um, uh, yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, looking at the design patent as uh, for an entrepreneur, um, what what are some of the sort of uh, you know incremental steps that they can take to 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 make that happen? Is it start with the back of a napkin, a sketch on a back of a napkin, or does it need to be really uh, detailed design specifications, or how, how does that work? Um, I mean, basically, you sort of have to have some idea of what it is you're going to put on the market so you can protect it, but. Um, you know, in general, you can you can come to a patent practitioner and we'll have draftsmen that can formalize drawings and draft them up. And um, uh, the way a design patent works is you draw the thing uh, and anything that's in solid lines is claimed. Anything that's in dashed lines is not claimed. Um, so, you know, it, there is there is some sort of know-how, I guess, that goes into, uh, you know, what to claim and what to dash out and things like that. Um, and then, and you know, like I say, one of the advantages of the design world, particularly if you're a little guy going up against a big guy, um, in the utility world, a, a big player might just go ahead and infringe because what's the worst that can happen? They'll pay a reasonable royalty that they would have been stuck paying anyways. Uh, in the design world, if I'm entitled to all your profits, now there's a disincentive for you and there's a there's a probably a more, um, at, at a minimum, a more likelihood that the cases will settle more favorably uh, because there's there's more of a disincentive. Excellent. And a design patent is issued by the same office, USPTO? And, yep. uh, same um, office, USPTO. It's, um, it's, like I say, it's easier to obtain and quicker to obtain. It has a 15-year term rather than the 20-year term uh, of a utility patent, um, but it has the advantage of uh, with a utility patent, every four years, you have to pay what's called a maintenance fee to keep it alive. And with design patents, you don't. Once you get it, um, you're done paying fees. Excellent. Well, I'll give you some good run run room in uh, 15 years, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would think, yeah. And if you've got a design that lasts more than 15 years and is still selling, well, then you've done uh, something wonderful. Good, good stuff, Tom. Always good, uh, good guidance, good advice. Uh, Tom, if uh, people want to reach you, Tom McNulty, Lando Anastasia, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Uh, probably by email, tmcnulty, M-C-N-U-L-T-Y, at lalaw.com. Excellent. This has been another segment of Radio Entrepreneurs. Tom, really appreciate your uh, insights and guidance. And, uh, you know, if people want to start uh, protecting their products and uh, design patent sounds like a, a great way to go. Well, thank, thank you so much for your time. Have a good week. You as well. And we'll be right back with another segment on Radio Entrepreneurs.